Hello, everyone. Um, I'm Dr. Danielle LaPointe, and my co-host is Dr. Dustin Smith, and we are here for another episode of Paradox Untold Stories from Athletic Directors. We have a great guest today. Um, I'm excited to, to be here with her. Meg Singh, how are you doing this morning? I am all good, and I am thrilled to be here with both of you. Yes, we are so excited to hear your stories today. Um, before we get started, I want to thank Ticket Spigot. Um, for being our sponsor and making every episode possible, Ticket Spigot is the official ticketing partner of the NIAAA. Dustin, you ready to kick off today? Man, I'm excited. I've been excited about this since we booked Meg, um, and and I've had some. Um, I guess I don't want to call them easy prey, but easy targets maybe uh, in the cohort that we went through. Uh, I can't speak enough great things about the leadership cohort and. I wouldn't have gotten to know Meg had I not been in that process and gotten to spend a, a night with her each month virtually where we got to um, learn about each other. I got to learn about where uh, Meg resides, what Meg does, and how Meg really um, is a pioneer, a trailblazer, a leader. Uh, she is somebody that I have the utmost respect for. I got to sit at her table in Denver or sit with her when she was recognized. Uh, for a national award that she received up there. Uh, Meg is just, she's a lot of fun. We got to have some laughs. We shared some laughs throughout the cohort. Um, and again, it, it built a network for me, some people that are across the country from from Washington that we've had Cole on here before. You go to Virginia, we had Jim Harris. We had people spread all around the country and got to spend some time visiting with them. So Meg's saying, I am excited to have you here and excited to hear your stories. Welcome to Paradox. Well, thank you. I'm excited to hang out with you guys. So let me get started with, with a couple things. So first, let me just ask this question, Meg. I know you. I've spent some time with you the last year. I've gotten to know you quite well. Tell our listeners a little bit about who Meg Sang is and what uh, Meg does that's outside of our world of athletic administration for fun, enjoyment. What makes Meg tick? Uh, Meg goes outside. That is for sure what I like <laughs> to do. So, I mean, there's not a lot of time outside, but I spend it outdoors. I like to bike. I like to hike. Um, I even I'll even camp. So um, I do anything that uh, re revolves around nature or just being physically active. And uh, yeah, it's changed over the years, but. Uh, I still enjoy doing that. Now you talk about being outside and let's tell our listeners exactly where you are. I didn't mention that, but you're in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And for those who are geographically challenged, explain where Ann Arbor is and where you're located in the continental United States. Well, right. Yeah. So we, we use our hand typically to describe where we live in Michigan. Uh, and it is uh, just outside, just west of Detroit. So close enough to be able to, to make a jaunt into Detroit. It's a college town. University of Michigan is here. Uh, so southeast Michigan is pretty much uh, where we're located. So when you say that, like, I hear cold. <laughs> I hear is it cold there? It's up there? <laughs> cold, windy, wet. Um, but I'll tell you more than anything else, it happens to be cloudy in Michigan. And wow. I grew up in Chicago, and so sort of the same climate. Uh, but one thing you notice here, we're sort of in a valley in Ann Arbor. Um, it's very cloudy, too cloudy. So we need sun if you could send some. 
<laughs> so do they do does everybody growing up in Ann Arbor or living in Ann Arbor just simply say that school down south? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we yeah. won't mention them by name just so yeah. we get that out there. <laughs> right. Yeah, you do. You'll drive through that state but won't buy gas there. You know, I'm not like that at all. I actually went to Indiana University, so I have I I'm a Michigan fan, but you know, I like why I love college sports in the Big Ten especially. So now you spent some time at the collegiate level coaching, didn't you? Um, just a couple of years I did. I played at Indiana, I played softball and volleyball, and then I coached uh, for a year at Louisiana Tech University and then at Illinois State University before I uh, found my home in uh, interscholastic sports. Now, you want to talk about drastic extremes. You go from Louisiana to Michigan. There's some there's some drastic weather extremes there. <laughs> there are, indeed. And I love my time in Ruston, but it was uh, it was warm for sure. And that was that was and culturally very different. So right. that was uh, gives you good perspective. Now, did, did you eat Cajun food while you were down there and did you enjoy it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Crawfish. Yeah. Etouffee. Loved it. So gumbo, jambalaya, all the uh, all of it. Yeah, yeah. spicy right stuff. It is good food. I'm part Cajun. My dad, uh, yeah. all his family's from there, so I I get that. Now I don't like the spicy, spicy stuff, but I enjoy I enjoy some good Cajun food for sure. Yeah, for sure. Interesting folk. <laughs> really, really interesting folk. If you want a synopsis of what Louisiana is about, just watch Swamp People sometime, and you'll get right. That. It's true. When they need a ball bouncing over the words so you know exactly what they're saying. <laughs> That's that right. You're Cajun. I know. So, I <laughs> it's true. So, enough, enough about um, geography. Let's talk about some stories, Meg. Let's have some mm-hmm. fun. Let's enjoy. You've been in interscholastic athletics for some time. You started when you were one, and now that you're 19 years in um, at Green green hills you've got a few stories for us so um let's start off with something that just makes some people laugh to begin the day well uh first i want to tell you that when you first invited me i started thinking one of my stories one of my stories and i was just like i was coming up with nothing and i thought i have a really terrible memory because i know there's lots of stories and then i thought and that is a terrific attribute to have as an athletic director so (laughs) Uh, not a lot of PTSD because I have just put all of it out of my mind. Um, but um, it's a coping mechanism. You're so it, it, traumatized. It, it, I really think that it is. Of not remembering. Yeah. <laughs> so the one fun story, I'm at a small school. It's a six through 12 school. So we have a middle school and a high school. And when we do middle school events, I like to um, invite the other school if they have multiple teams and different sports. So I might have their track team and their soccer team and something else, tennis team, invite them all at once. So it feels sort of like a festival when we do middle school um, events. So it was a fall day and we had field hockey, tennis and soccer on our campus. And so uh, we had a lot of people out and people can wander around to different events. So I, I like the feel of it. Anyways, we had a field hockey game. We had a longtime veteran coach, and she was warming up her team. So it was really before game time. So there weren't too many people there yet. But she suddenly said that she she felt and heard a bee fly up her pant leg. 
and she panicked, which she, she was prone to do. So she panicked and she just thought uh, she's allergic, right? So she thought, oh, I have got to get this bee out. And the fastest way she could think of was to just drop her drawers. So she drops her pants on the field in front of her team, only to realize that she did not wear any underwear that day. Oh. And it was <laughs> stunning. And to her credit, she realized she composed herself. She brought her team in and said, now, girls, that is something that none of you should have had to have seen. However, <laughs> I hope you're not traumatized. And I apologize. So uh, they were, <laughs> I think they were horrified. Uh, but she, she reacted quickly enough and just said, sorry, and we're going to move on. And they ended up playing the game. I did not hear from one parent about that, which is surprising, uh, especially nowadays. But, uh, and, you know, she, she just laughed it off, which, you know, I would have been mortified. I don't, I don't think I could have, right. I think I would have just gone home. So, <laughs> did, did she get stung by the bee? No, she didn't get stung by the bee. She, I don't oh. even, I don't know. I don't know okay. if she killed it or what happened. The bee was gone, but you know, the aftermath was <laughs> that she, those girls, I mean, they were, they talked about it for a while. <laughs> so I want to ask this question. When you say she dropped her drawers, it wasn't her actual drawers. It was her pants. Oh, her pants. Yeah. They, she, she, just was, like, she wasn't wearing any drawers. No, she whipped those down to try to get that bee out. Thought that was going to be the best way to get rid of the bee, which I, I don't think I would have done it that way myself. No, I would hope right? not. I'm not right? allergic to bees. So I feel like yeah. I can't like actually put myself in, in her, in her, I was going to say in her shoes, but in her pants because, <laughs> be, because if it was like life, all like, you know, my life depended on it. Right. Which, you know, it might have been a bit of an overreaction. And <laughs> I mean, you know, your mother always told you to wear clean underwear. So, right. right? She didn't emphasize the wear the underwear portion. <laughs> I don't know. The question so. becomes, were they warming up for a game or is this a practice? No, it was a game. There, there were people oh. milling about. So, so there wasn't were spectators. Oh, right. I will say that the following year when I uh, issued her appointment letter, I, I put a sentence in there that said, coach will wear undergarments at all times. So that was in her contract that letter. My, that was going to be my next question. If you've had a conversation with her about the importance of underwear. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we put it in writing. So where were you during this process? Were you right next to her? Were you just no. I, I actually was wandering around and I had just sort of um, uh, wandered up as she had huddled her team. So she had brought them all together to apologize and, you know, for traumatizing them. But, right. Yeah. So I also think scrambled to pull up her pants. <laughs> yes. Yes. She had done. She had done all that. So <laughs> I also think that uh, that's kudos to your coach for quickly realizing the situation and then fixing it immediately instead of just like going on like it didn't happen she called them in oh no she like, acknowledged it yeah this happened <laughs> she owned it and that's probably why 
you didn't get any phone calls it's from the true. Parents, you yeah, know? she did. She asked for grace and, and they gave it to her, which is pretty, pretty generous for high or for middle school girls. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just, <clears throat> I'm just wrapping my mind around that thought process of saying, this is the best way to get rid of a bee just to take my pants off. <laughs> I don't think right? there was, I don't think right? there was a thought process there. That's I think been. that was our favorite part. Like what made you think that that was, you know, yeah. So, but, but not only that with no underwear on. I, right. I mean, obviously it was common enough that she didn't even think about that. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of. There's a lot of assumptions to be made in this story. There. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> away from. Well, if you, if you knew this coach, you'd be amused. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's, that would be a hard thing to walk back into the game, you know, coaching game late, yeah. like right after this happens or the next day, come to practice and be like, Hey, everyone take me seriously. Yeah. yeah no shame. <laughs> no. Yeah. What was your conversation with her like after that? I mean, when you see this happen, did you talk before the game or was it an after the game conversation? Of- no, no. And she she owned up to it. I mean, that's how we know the story. Right. So she's that kind of person where she wasn't going to sweep it under the rug. She just she owned up to it. And, uh, you know, you didn't really want to go there because then you started to hear about some of her personal hygiene that, you know, <laughs> That's why we just put a little sentence in that appointment letter the following year. Should take care of it. So <laughs> the fact that you have to write it in the appointment letter. <laughs> I'm not uh, sure I could get away with that being to a female coach saying right. hey, you need to wear undergarments all the time. Uh, but kudos to you, Meg, for being well, able to- you know. It was just sort of a joke, but uh, she appreciated it. <laughs> I, st- I just, I did, I do have a lot of questions in my head still. I'm just, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Were, was this long enough ago to where there was no cameras out on the field? I, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but I mean, you know, you're warming up, even middle school kids for the most part. A few obviously will have their phones on the bench, but these kids, you know, they were they were getting after it. So, uh, yeah, no phones, nothing. But nowadays, she can't lucky. go thirty seconds, right? Yeah, she is lucky. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, those, those kids. Kudos to them for being able to go play right after that and not being <laughs> like. Oh, way more that escalated yep. way quickly. Yeah, <laughs> I think. I think it helped that she actually acknowledged that they should never have to see that. So, I mean, I did, that just, this is just awesome because it's not I mean, a streaker, per se. Mm-hmm. On purpose. It's not a right. purposeful streaker, right? I guess we should say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And no socks are involved. And mm-hmm. this, and, and we, I mean, we had um, a story where students were made to, with, with Jake, I believe, were made to practice in their underwear. Oh yeah, I heard that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, and that didn't did not end well for that coach. No, no. Mm-mm. So, so this is just a whole nother level. Like, oh, practice in the indoor? Not that got nothing on that. Right. <laughs> this is a good ending, at least for the coach, that she wasn't A shamed or B <clears throat> fired or let right? go or C any complaints from parents or kids. Right. Just say, yeah. hey, I mean that 
this worked out as best it could for that mm-hmm. coach. And, and it really probably good. helped that uh, she was a female and she was coaching females. That's true. That's true. That yeah, pro- I can't but, imagine. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't that way. Let's not been. go to that level. Let's just, yeah. just keep it where it was. And pull yeah. Wait off into those leads too far. Could have been, could have been worse. <laughs> right. I just, I just keep trying to figure out just that conversation that you had with her when she owned up to it, she admitted to you or whatever, just, uh, all right, coach, next time, let's not remove our pants. First, right. But secondly, let's wear some underwear. Right. And I went where you went, uh, Dustin. I was just like, you could just lift your pant leg, try right. to figure it out. She's like, no, I was in panic. I was in a panic. Oh, that makes me feel for her a little bit. Freak it out. You can handle it. And well, as, as a coach, you don't want them to be visually panicked. You don't want your kids to see you visually panicked. Try it. Really, yeah. Wow. You also don't want them to see you visually naked, Dustin. Right. No, you do not. <laughs> and they do not want to see that. Right. Middle school or not, nobody wants to or needs to see that. No. The level of this is irrelevant. <laughs> oh. oh, man. That's funny. I'm glad that never happened to me as a coach. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it probably wasn't a cold or cloudy day, was it? No, it was a beautiful fall day. Sunny. Oh. Yeah, well, it was one that of those. Well, explains the no underwear. <laughs> Does it? Does it? <laughs> no, I was just I was going out on a limb for her. <laughs> I don't think I can go out on that limb with you. No, no need to. <laughs> it's Michigan. Yeah. Meg said, does it? (laughs) 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 Oh, man. All right. I just. Give me more. I want more stories. I want more stories. Give me more. I like this, where this is going. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I'm sticking with the pants theme. Um, (laughs) We uh, and I don't know why, but we, we had this official basketball official who, you know, he he came to our place quite often. So we knew him and um, we were in a position where we had two gyms going at the same time. So I had all four locker rooms used and I had to put our officials in our faculty room and I'd set up, there's a little office off of our faculty room where I can pull the blinds and they can change. So I very explicitly tell my officials, you can change in here. You can leave your stuff in here. This is a common area. There'll be people coming and going. Well, sure enough, the one official, I don't know why, at the end of the game, for some reason, he wanted to drop his drawer. I don't know if he was blousing his shirt or fixing things. I don't know what he was doing. But for some reason, he pulled his pants down right in the middle of the faculty room, just as our school counselor was walking in. And she was, you know, she's the most caring and compassionate human in our building, right? But she's also from the Bronx. And so she walked in and she saw his bare butt and said, I don't know what this is about, but I'm going into the restroom. And when I come out, your pants better be up. (laughs) Which I thought was a great line as opposed to like freaking out or running. She just was like, Here's what's going to happen. And so sure enough, he did. And, you know, his, 
his partners were in there and they, they were just shrugging like, sorry, Meg, I don't know what's wrong with them. She did come find me and let me know. And, and I just said to him, I said, Stu, come on, like you have to, you know, <laughs> you know that. And he was just like, oh, it's just for a second. So <laughs> I don't know. Is that just a thing? Laid it off. Like, yeah. I don't know. I think he was just being more of a peacock than anything else. So <laughs> couldn't be bothered. So So let me ask this question. If a counselor needs counseling, who provides a counselor counseling? Yeah, right. Meg. Um yeah. I think That's what ABs do. ABs do yeah. all of it. Right. We just we just validate, yeah, you yeah. I'm sorry you had to see that. <laughs> um, but I just love that she was nonplussed by it and just said, Those pants better be up when I come out. So <laughs> She scolded him in a very passive aggressive way. <laughs> Better be over by the time I get back. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, I think anybody else probably would have, you know, freaked a bit and, and came running, but, but yeah. It was a good thing it wasn't the coach from the from the B incident. Uh, right? What level of panic that would have brought. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and strike two. So right. <laughs> I mean, I think about, you know, as we look at some, I don't know, if, I don't know if takeaways is even the right word for these two st- two stories so far, but are there takeaways from your chair that, you know, maybe some young ADs um, that be listening to this podcast will think, hey, if, if this situation arises, hopefully it never does. But I think the the big part of this to me is you can't panic. And you right. saw it with the counselor. You saw the panic from a coach, but mm-hmm. then she she gathered herself, admitted to it, and said, "Okay, you shouldn't have to do that." But in this situation, the counselor did not panic. She just made yeah. a statement. Was bold. Maybe a part of that's from being from the Bronx. But she just flat said, "Those better be up when I come back out. I'm going into the bathroom. I'm going to come back out. You better have your clothes on." That's exactly right. Yeah, I think. You know, having that perspective, not panicking and just knowing that, you know, humans, humans do crazy things, right? Right. They just are so unpredictable in so many moments, especially in our arena where there's so much emotion and competitiveness. You just never know what to expect. So um, it helps if you have other people around that, you know, can support you. But, um, yeah, you just... um, Keep your perspective and keep your sense of humor. Yeah. And, and, pa- and keep your pants, pants on. <laughs> and pants. Yeah, keep your pants on. That's good. Yeah. And I think you said about, you made a statement. I don't want to just gloss over. You said in our arena and specifically in your arena. Yeah. That would yeah. have been the case with this <laughs> this official dressing. <laughs> Dustin, I, as you ask about like takeaways, like my takeaways, Michigan sounds like a good time. <laughs> this is happening during the workday. Just imagine That's what right. they do after That's hours. Right. Uh, you know, we're a college town, so it's a little crazy all the time. It all makes sense now. <laughs> right. You've got to do things to deal with the cold, I guess. And when it's, Absolutely. you got to figure out, have some fun, enjoy some things. But, I, but as your mother would tell you, wear clean underwear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wear underwear underwear yeah wear keep your pants on yeah so do yeah. you have any 
more pants stories or are we going to get off the pants for a minute? Yeah, I think we can we can get off uh, the pants for sure. But, uh, you know, we should so just... they already been off. Yeah, <laughs> right. Just, you guys love keep that. The pants on. <laughs> you know, we can stick with the human nature thing because that's always fun. And, you know, I, I know uh, Jake was talking about uh, talking to parents and unruly parents and that. So, you know, certainly if we've learned anything over our careers or feel, you know, more veteran, it's, it's with that communication with parents. Um, but, you know, we had an incident that I had never seen before. And, you know, Ann Arbor and our clientele, we're private schools. So, you know, we've got a lot of professionals, kids in our building. That means our parents are doctors and lawyers and professors. And um, so we had an MD mom was at a lacrosse game at another school and there was a scuffle on the field between her son and another player and her son actually knocked the other player to the ground Uh, he got up and had words and they started you know it was it was a fight that was uh, broken up quickly by the refs but mama bear just couldn't stand it and she literally ran onto the field to take on the opponent. You know, she, she, she like had hands on him was going to like protect her son. And I mean, everybody, I think everybody froze. They didn't know what to do. They're like, and she's little. So you have all these high school boys with helmets and shoulder pads, right. And sticks. And here comes mama bear charging onto the field from the opposite side. So even our coaches couldn't get to her in time. And uh, the officials eventually got rid of her and she she stomped off and and she was chagrined. I mean, she apologized profusely the next day. But, um, you know, when I talked to her son a little bit later, uh, it was like a week later, I said, you know, how'd that make you feel like, you know, what were you thinking in that moment? And he was just sort of like, I was pretty proud of my mom. Really? Not what I thought he was going to say. That is not what I thought he was going to say. There's this big (laughs) high school boy going, yeah, like like my mom's badass, right? It's just like, (laughs) she's got my back. I did not think that that would ever come out. But to have, I don't think I've ever seen that, um, you know, in my career with, with our fans. Uh, so it was just stunning. And I think everybody involved was stunned and just embarrassed by it. But human you know, nature, people go crazy. I think about even that situation that, that her son was responsible for it, knocking the kid down. And so she's going totally. to protect him. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. And apparently it's a very lopsided loss. Like they were just beating up on us. And there was just a lot of it was really chippy. Uh, but she the most mama yeah. bear wasn't having it. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we, we've mentioned it a couple times before about the 24 hour rule and that rule really, really yeah. goes towards the parents. And yeah. I feel like this is one of those perfect examples <laughs> of why that 24 hour rule is so important. So we need important. To, like, start putting up banners. <laughs> Please yeah. keep all of your thoughts to yourself for 24 hours and then we'll talk about it because right. it, it a lot of these these stories come from, you know, people who aren't thinking they're they're emotional. Um, and yeah, just <laughs> well, and you think about all the hours, you know, like Rich talked about it too, like all the all the cleanup you've got to do after the fact, and other people are writing letters, and I was getting letters from their fans, and my fans wanted to write letters about their fans, and it was just, 
on and on and on. So it's just a lot of cleanup. And, you know, in some ways, that's the job, right? You just right. have to expect the craziness and, and go through. And, that, and I think I've, I've learned, I have a few takeaways after having gone through a lot of those lengthy parent conversations, like Jake mm-hmm. talked about the active listening that you do. And and that that sometimes parents just have to vent, they have to get things off their chest, they have to talk about playing time, even though they come in saying it's not about playing time. Um, and then I've learned a couple of things to kind of advance that conversation, because you know how you get to the loop, where they just keep saying the same thing over mm-hmm. and over, and you're like, oh, we're not getting out of this. And I've been able to kind of stop that by simply saying, what would you have me do? Which is now their opportunity to solve it. And I know I'm not going to like what they say pretty much, right? It's you're going to give my kid more playing time or you're going to tell that school to forfeit or whatever it is. It's going to be unrealistic. But just by asking that question kind of stops that cycle. And then if you're really brave, and this has actually worked for me, so I've been doing it more and more, is my follow-up question to what would you have me do is, and what if I can't do that? And that's the toughest one to ask. but I've had it give a lot of parents pause and just go, okay, I'm like, I'm done now. I've exhausted it. I said what I have to say, but being able to say, and what if I can't do that? In other words, I'm going to disappoint you. Um, that actually works pretty well. It's, it's, you know, soft enough, but yet at the same time, it lets them know you're not going to get your way here. So Mm -hmm. I've started to use that more and more. Uh, it's been really helpful. That's I really I like that. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like that a lot. Yeah, it's simple, but effective, I've found. But then you're not on the defensive at that point. You're putting the ball back in their court and saying, okay, I'm, I may try this, I may not, but if I can't get it done, right? what's your reaction to, to that point? And reality is you're planting that seed of doubt that it may not even happen without yeah. a kind of a passive aggressive way of saying, right, really, I'm not going to do what you want me to do. So how can you deal with that right now? Yeah. Well, and, it, and you know, it's also, it's sorry, it's a very direct, uh, you know, short little line, which I really like. But then on top right. of that, you're almost avoiding a whole follow up conversation with that as well. Right. Because that whole answer to that question is going to be conversation two. You know, we talked about it. These were the solutions we came up with. None of them happened. So now I want to meet with you and find out why. So you're kind of like taking two meetings and like smushing them into one. So that's, which is genius. So that I really, really like that. Yeah, I like it. And you know, it's for that 2% parent, that person Mm -hmm. who's like sort of, you know, at the extreme that we spend a lot of time on. So most of the parents are pretty good. But for that 2% parent that is just going to keep coming at you, uh, I found it to be pretty effective. I mean, that, that's gold. For our listeners that are tuned in today, that is yeah. gold. And they, if you haven't taken notes to this point, you need to rewind this and listen to Meg tell what she says in that meeting, because this is, this is a great way to, she's not saying avoid conversation with a parent, but this is a trick of the trade that can help speed along and get off repeat, um, get them. Back in the day, we used to listen to records. Danielle, I don't know if you know what a record is, but it could get caught in a groove and you'd have to bump it a little bit and make sure that it would move on and you could listen. Um, mm-hmm. I know what a record is. Okay. <laughs> 45 is what we used to call them, Daniel. Yeah, yeah it's true. 
<laughs> or that I don't know. That I don't know. <laughs> but you get off that repeat cycle or the vortex, as I call it. You get sucked down into that vortex of endless repeat. It's on loop, as as Meg said. But a way to to steer from that is to put the ball back in their court. Um, we, as as cool as I think we are as athletic administrators, we're not magicians all the time we can't make stuff happen like they want us to do it all the time but this is a great way to put it back in their in their court and say okay I, I may try and we honestly may not but we may try and what's what's the reaction if I don't get that done I think it's brilliant I feel like we could take Mark's advice and Meg's advice smush them together for like a genius plan right here's the plan you're gonna stand near the door and have an exit plan, then you're going to ask that question. Right? <laughs> what if I can't get this done? And then between, it doesn't make a difference which way any of this goes. You have your exit plan already. So like, yeah, this is great. Where were you guys? I needed you like years ago. Years I know, ago. right? I mean, that <laughs> like I just learned how to actively listen. Like that was the big thing, right? Like they just need to talk. Let them, you know, don't be defensive. Listen. And and this actually kind of takes it to the next level, which is yeah. actually really helpful for that problem parent, as we like to call them. I, I do have a, a follow-up question from your story on this one, though. I want to know mm. what the student that the mom attacked did. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> that's the what, actual he, student. I mean, <laughs> here's this kid towering over this woman <laughs> with a stick. He's got and, a and stick and a helmet, helmet and shoulder yeah, pads. Yeah. He actually backed up. He backed up. So, I mean, it was probably what you would expect, you know, most kids to do. He didn't know what to do, but she was coming at him and he just kept backing up. So <laughs> I mean, thankfully well, he didn't like give her a stick check, but uh, yeah, um, couldn't have been more embarrassed too, but it's, sometimes it just, you get overcome, right? Well, I'm thinking about, you know, even football games, when they fight and they take their helmets off, that makes no sense to me. I mean, <laughs> That's what I think. You yeah. wear protective equipment, just keep that on, you know. that. Right. I think about that kid, even in that situation, kudos to him for just backing up and not being aggressive and not being confrontational whatsoever, just saying, hey, this is... <laughs> Yeah, right. We're what is happening? This. Let me <laughs> this just is a get no out of win. Here. Right. This is a no win. So, yeah. I just, no, I just wonder what good. went through the mom's mind thinking, I'm going to go out here and do this. Right. Like you know, she this, lost it. She right. lost it. So, yeah, I mean, it's just interesting how protective some parents can be. But, so. but, but this point, you also said this mom was a doctor. Can you imagine, like, being a patient in the stands? <laughs> my doctor <laughs> i think that's what a lot of our parents were thinking like mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and and her son was a big boy so it wasn't like you know she he couldn't really handle it oh yeah so <laughs> I, I mean i understand being a parent i am one and mm -hmm. but there is no part of me that's ever wanted to go out onto the field i mean my son was playing basketball and I was watching the game and he was playing against an opponent and the opponent was a little dirty. And, and my son started doing the same thing. He started being dirty. And so yeah. in the moment going down to him after the game, we're riding home and he was riding, he was talking about the game. Hey dad, you see, I do this and I did this. And I said, son, if I ever see you 
play like that again, you will not play anymore. I'll come down and I'll jerk you off that floor and you won't play basketball again. And he was all, I mean, it went from a abrupt halt. He was all excited about what he had done. Mm-hmm. And I, I had watched other things. I hadn't, I mean, I'd seen him score and do all that stuff, but sure. I watched how he interacted with this kid. And I said, we won't play that way. If you're going to play that way, you won't play. So, but I never envisioned going down on the floor and confronting that kid who was doing stuff to my son. I just thought, all right, you can take care of it yourself or the officials will. I never thought I'm going to go down there and do something about it. Yeah. And how did your son react? (laughs) You you disappointed him. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's a a benefit that we – all of ADs have because we see all sides of it. You know, parents mm-hmm. don't have to see the fire putting out the the behind the scenes effort and time that goes into it. So I just think they don't think that there is going to be all these ramifications afterwards. Sometimes um, they don't know what goes into our day to make a game happen. Right. It's not like we do nothing to make a game happen. We do a lot to make a game happen. And when there's right. issues, we have even more work on our plate. And I just truly don't think parents um, who are in education don't see this. They just don't see it. And then they just, yeah, I don't know, bubble over. And for all we know, all of these situations, not just Meg's, we don't know what happened during the day either. Right. You don't know if this person is having an awful day or if something right. bad happened. And then this, this just kind of pushed them over the edge. So I always try to remember that when I was speaking to parents, like, maybe you've just had a really bad day and I'm, you're taking it out on me. Like, well, I always like, try to think that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of what we do is clean up. Meg said it earlier. We're, we yep. clean up um, and it's not just toilets that overflow. We're cleaning up a mess of all kinds of proportions. Um, and basically our job is sometimes we can be proactive, but a lot of time it's reactive. We've got to just clean up whatever the mess is and, Literally, Rich had to do that last week, or the staff had to do that last week. We discussed it with him on that episode. Cleanup takes all kinds of forms, but in our job, we've got to be ready to clean up all kinds of mess. Right. Yeah. Can't really anticipate some of human nature. (laughs) And and speaking of human nature, we kind of joked off air about uh, Jim Harris's drunk train crew. (laughs) You've I got to ask, have you ever had a drunk chain crew? I have never had a drunk chain crew. I have, uh, I've had a drunk coach and that did not end well for our coach. It was uh, a very abrupt end, one and done. So, um, so unfortunate. Um, There's only so much cleanup you can do is what you're saying. Yeah. And you know, humans, right? I mean, there's just, uh, there's a lot of uh, illness and disease and, they're 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 among us, and yeah, we try to be as compassionate as possible and as forgiving. But uh, when you're working with kids, there's there's certain standards. So yeah, I feel like we're starting to see some trends come here, like clothes off bad, drunk bad. <laughs> like there's some <laughs> some trends amongst all of our episodes that we're really trying to start to produce here. <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't know. You know, I I did, I had a funny story, which I just thought was um, astounding that we had, uh, we had a track regional last spring and it was, uh, it was about an hour away by bus. So, you know, it was about 50 miles away and we had a kid 
who, you know, was one of our better uh, competitors, missed the bus. And his parents were out of town. Uh, so he had been staying, I think, with an older brother. So he gets to school. He realizes no bus. What does he do? He calls an Uber. And he Ubered 50 miles to the track meet. And he beat the bus there. <laughs> so he showed up. And there he was at the meet. And I just thought, okay, so that's something, right? Like resourceful, resourceful mm -hmm. right? But who thinks of that? Like I can just use my parents' credit card and I'm just going to Uber. I'm sure he had no idea where he was going. He just said, go to this high school. So, you know, so that was actually kind of funny, I thought. But Did he get on the bus pricey. back home? Did he have to Uber he, back? <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he, he was able to take the bus. Our coaches actually said, you know, that was probably pretty expensive. And I don't even know what it ended up costing, but it, yeah, I bet that Uber driver was like, yes. Yeah. So a Saturday morning, that's a big trip. I'll take it. So, uh, yeah, he did take the bus back. So, but well, kudos uh, for, for creativity and at least thinking yeah. outside the box. I think back to a great story about John Wooden and Bill Walton. And John Wooden, one of the greatest coaches of all time, talks about he he had a rule, no facial hair. And mm -hmm. Bill Walton shows up to get on the bus, and he's got a full beard. And mm -hmm. uh, Wooden's comment to him was, nice beard, but you're not getting on the bus. And this was one of his best players. Right. And guess what? Bill Walton showed up at the game. He just had no facial hair. He didn't get on the bus. He went home and took care of shaving his face. Never him, right? And then went to the right. game. So I'm not calling this kid Bill Walton, but I think it's yeah. that mindset of I'm going to do whatever it takes to be able to get to the game. That's true. He wanted to compete, now, so we like that. No, you asked me earlier about the record. Do you, do you know what an Uber is, Dustin? That's kind of new. <laughs> Yes. I, wanna... I live oh, in Arkansas, okay. but oh, we, I just we make do sure. have some Ubers, not in Greenwood, do we don't. Okay. You don't? Not in Greenwood? Because you <laughs> can walk everywhere? We walk, but in Denver, I took an Uber, had to get an Uber to the airport. So, yes, I'm familiar with an Uber. Okay. Okay. Just um, check it and make sure. Yeah. I even have yeah. an Uber app on my phone, just so you know. Oh, do you? Yeah. 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 It's Uber, not Uber, just right. so you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the clarification. I was a little confused there, but... <laughs> I know you've probably never been to Arkansas, Danielle. I think we've established that, but I think I drove through it. It's not all <laughs> people make it out to be. Uh, it's it, not Arkansas making fun of it's your age, Dustin. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I I am I am confident in my statement that I know what Uber is and I have a <laughs> I am cultured, as one guy would want to tell me. You've got to be cultured. That's right. You're a doctor. <laughs> well, I'm a lot older than both of you, so. <laughs> this is not true. I told Meg this in Denver when I sat at her table, and they, they said how many years she's been doing this, and I, I was flabbergasted because I thought for sure that Meg was in her 20s. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope not my first rodeo <laughs> uh, but i do i would do congratulate you man because that's that's you were you were honored well deserved um just been a pioneer and i say a pioneer um 
and both of you guys, I, I've said this on the past when we've had female administrators on our show, what a, what a tremendous testimony for women in athletics and for you to do it in a male-dominated world and for you to do it so successfully for such a long time. My hat's off to you. I've got the utmost respect. I said that to begin this broadcast. I, I have the utmost respect for you and the leader that you are in our field, but also doing so in such a male-dominated profession. Well, it is that, right, Danielle? <laughs> yes, that is. <laughs> yeah, that is well, that is true. And I've been able to, you know, be fortunate to travel to some conferences, and I've been trying to uh, look at it a little bit more through a different lens. And um, yeah, it definitely it definitely is. So I I love hearing some of our stories of our our female guests, and um, I think I just think it's awesome that we're able to get our voices out there a little bit more now. Yeah, I'm supposed to give a presentation um, at the National High School Coaches Association uh, Conference in uh, June, uh, and I'm going to talk about uh, female coaches and recruiting and retaining female coaches. So, um, yeah, I might call you up to get some tips, but um, yeah, I'm. it's been sort of a passion for me. I've had a nonprofit for the last 20 years called the Academy for Sport Leadership, where we try to develop uh, high school girls to become um, coaches some one day. So that's just been something fun that I've done um, as a nonprofit for the last 20 years. That's awesome. When I said pioneer, there was a whole lot of meaning to that. But mm-hmm. I think what she's done with her, her female projects of trying to get young women into coaching and what that really looks like, we got to kind of get a, a surface level view of that in the cohort. And I'm, I'm a I'm impressed, astounded. I'm just amazed at what at the work Meg has done in trying to really foster female coaches um, around the country, not just in Michigan. Obviously, she's she's stationed there, but this isn't just a Ann Arbor thing. This is something that has become nationwide for her and her impact, and it's just phenomenal just to see what she's done. Yeah, well, we're all coaches, right? And we know what a noble profession it is. So why wouldn't we want uh, others to to be a part of it? So thank you for that. Well, Meg, yeah. I, I just want to tell you thank you for making us laugh. I think there's some great stories. I thank you for for getting on here and, and just having a conversation with us, just having some fun and enjoying it um, and giving us perspective that Michigan is, I think I would sum it up by saying, keep your pants on. <laughs> and keep mama bear happy i guess is probably the easiest way to phrase it that's that's probably fair that's probably fair though that could probably be anywhere not just in michigan right, right? <laughs> that could be life lessons not just that's Michigan. Right. <laughs> yeah well thank you it was really fun I, I really wanted to come on just because I, i've listened to a bunch of your podcasts and you guys just have fun every day so uh i think this is a really cool idea and um, I've really benefited from uh, listening. So thank you for doing it. And I really think a whole bunch of, um, you know, the people who are listening are going to benefit from some of the advice you gave. It, it was amazing advice. Um, and I and I hope that, um, that people do listen and, and realize that there's a way we can be, I guess we have offensive plays as ADs as well um, in some of these conversations. So thank you for that, um, for the stories, which... I loved and um, for that awesome piece of advice. So thank you very much. 
um, to Meg for being with us today. And thank you to Tickets Picket for making all of our episodes possible. We'll see you guys all next week.